The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everyone, to what might be the most exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines yet, uh, episode 27. Uh, with me today only, no guests today, but we've got with me only is Matt Keo. Matt, how we doing? Good. Matt, listen, I'm going to jump right into this. This could very easily be like a seven-hour podcast today, so we're going we're gonna to cut the talk. Um, Buffalo. Just, and this is my coming in hot segment, just Buffalo came in hot and just curb stomped the Patriots. You were at the game. Yeah. Um, I was I was up until the very end thinking of going, not going, getting tickets, not getting tickets. I wussed out and stayed at home. But, man, how was the atmosphere at the stadium? That was my first ever playoff game, ever. Like, um, you know... <laughs> I was so cold, and when I showed up, when I got picked up, I was like, I hope I don't look too much of like a like a loser. I got snow pants on and all this stuff. And they're, they're like, I was going to say, now, all I could picture is you dressing like the kid from A Christmas Story where the, I can't move my arm. That's what my mom said, said, too. I had seven different layers on, hand warmers, foot warmers, toe warmers. You would have to put, like, if you're going to have a drink, you'd have to put it in your coat to de-thaw and then crack it and put it back in your coat before it would freeze on you. Yeah, you were telling me, like, if literally within, like, seconds of you cracking a beer, you'd see, like, the little, it started to freeze on top. Yeah, it would freeze on top and it'd become slushy. And then I saw snow made out of beer. And then not even just that, just walking into the stadium before the game, you'd walk through, like, the, the Bills lot and there's just, like, fires everywhere oh yeah and it, like I, in the like in the little barrels yeah it looked or just on the ground <laughs> oh they didn't even go they just went no. straight i was like how would you get this started but like it looked like a riot scene in there really oh yeah <laughs> that's freaking awesome <laughs> uh, and everybody was just i i feel so bad for for players like Mac Jones that haven't really done anything personally to us but just because of the team he's associated with Oh my gosh, they were tearing him apart. Somebody threw a a toy out on the field again. Oh, I I saw that a little uh, little buzz, yeah. little buzzing toy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, and it was funny. Like I didn't notice it on camera. What like when when I was watching it on TV because it happened to be at least appeared to be yellow. Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm like, oh, there's a flag on the play. This won't count. And then it didn't hit me until later on. Some on Facebook, they're like, you know, flashing. What is this? I was like, "Oh my God!" Somebody threw a. Somebody repeated the Brady incident. Yeah, yeah, um, which is hysterical. Oh yeah. But um, now, did you guys did you guys go early for the tailgating, or was it too cold to tailgate, and you guys just kind of went there be like game time? I mean, we got there probably around. So what? The game started at eight fifteen. We got there around six, so we had some time. We just stood okay. there. Yeah, not not terrible. Um, definitely don't know how people were doing that like all day. Oh, there were some people that were there the night before. Oh, like, yeah. Just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, it was 
It was a lot. <laughs> it was. I sat in the end zone for most of the game. And there were some Patriots fans right behind me. <laughs> this old, this not old, she's like 50, 50 year old lady, Patriot, like Patriots jersey, everything. And every time we'd score a touchdown, we'd always turn around and be like, high five. And then she'd just sit there with her arms crossed. So she was the the typical, just, yeah. I, I, I don't like this. I want to go, a, a nice mass hole. Yeah. And it's like, it, like I kept on sitting there, like grabbing my hand. And I was like, this is like a game from like Madden, like TV video game stuff. It was like this, that interception happened right in front of me with the Micah Hyde interception in the end zone. That was the craziest play I ever saw. I, I legit thought the guy caught the touchdown. Like I, I thought, thought the Patriot guy had it. I thought he just batted it down. I didn't think anybody came up with it. No, and it's funny because, um, what was it, two or three plays before that, I mean, we squandered up. We, we didn't stop him on, what, like a third and 15, yeah. and then there was like a third and 10, and my wife and, and daughter, they they went away for the weekend. I had to stay home for indoor track, so I was I was alone watching the game, and I let out a big, you know, I was, I'm sure my neighbors were like, what the hell's going on over there? Yeah. But, and I just remember, like, no, this is not going to be a game where we dominate and just give up third not you know let him convert let him convert and then i think it was the next play like one or two plays later was when micah hyde came up with the big interception and it was like it was all downhill from there oh, it was yeah. it was just a route well like i think this was like the first game that i've ever gone to where like the crowd experience was so powerful and we had to delay we caused a delay a game and i think that just amped everybody else up because like we actually participated and and the in the Bills players themselves were getting really into it. Oh, I could tell. I mean, it's it had to have been like I said. In retrospect, I'm I'm kicking myself for not going to the game. Um, but the the big reason why I didn't go, I went the week before to the Jets game, and it was it was cold. It was like 20 degrees out, and they're predicting like you know one degree, five degrees. Like you know, I'm like you know, I was I was freezing at 20 degrees. <laughs> I don't want to do five degrees. It's not that I didn't think we would win. I I was pretty confident that we were going to – I didn't think we were going to win the way we won by 30 points. But I I was fairly confident that we were going to pull it out. Um, I just – man, that jet game with that cold, it took me like two days to recover. I'm like, man, my back hurts. Like (laughs) my knees still hurt from that game. But um, that's that's friggin' awesome. Oh yeah. And the atmosphere afterwards had oh, like, yeah. I mean, did you guys? It it had to have gone forever, or did you guys pretty much just get right out? No, I mean, I like obviously like we try to get out as fast as possible, but it wasn't just like you were soaking it in, and like people were in the parking lots playing music and 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 everything. Like everybody basically stayed until the end. Most people stayed. Now, did a lot of the Bills players, like, do the, uh, you know, take the lap or whatever? I know in the Jets game, you know, I got um, a high five from Allen and Knox and, you know, some of the players staying around a lot on the field. Not necessarily. I mean, obviously they went into, like, the middle and, like, did their, like, congratulatory stuff with the other players, but not really. But, like, probably last minute and a half-ish, everybody started singing, like, the na-na-na song. And like every like I'd see the Bills players. That's I moved to the fifty yard line at that point, and the Bills players were just like staring at us, and like waving with us. Uh, they were they were participating with everything. Everybody was chanting, "We want Mitch" because we wanted to see them kneel. It. I was gonna say I, I was just gonna bring it up. I've never seen, and the same thing happened at the Jets game when when Trubisky came in and everybody gave. 
I've never seen a Bills team where they're maybe maybe way back in the Frank Reich years are the only team where that the Bills fans were are so uh, what's the word happy or appreciative or or like look out for the backup quarterback like they oh, yeah. want the backup quarterback in. I can't even remember. Other, and I wasn't even around for the, like the Kelly Reich days. Like I don't know any other like backup quarterback we ever had. Other, no. other than maybe Nathan Peterman. Uh, yeah, but I don't think anybody was cheering Nathan Peterman. Uh, no, he was, they were giving him the Bronx cheer. <laughs> it was it's usually that, the opposite. Yeah, they were giving him the Bronx cheer, um, and nobody's cheering when. Uh, I guess maybe when because Fitzpatrick started as a backup. So yeah. maybe when like he he came in and eventually took the starting role, yeah. And Fitzpatrick, who was at the game on, on Saturday, shirtless with yeah. his son, I thought that was freaking awesome. Apparently, he was stone cold sober doing. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that I mean, it's um, he was under the heat lamps, nonetheless. But still, can I'm just I'm waiting for him to retire and just come back to Buffalo and coach. Whether it's you know as a as a quarterbacks coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a quality controls coach, whatever. I just I just I can't wait till he finally retires and comes and and Buffalo puts him on the coaching staff. Oh, probably he has family that lives here. Does he really? Yeah, I did not know that. I just assumed I like I know he loves the area. Um, even when he was down in Tampa Bay and um, in Washington earlier this year, you know he had talked about how he loved being in Buffalo so much. Um, I didn't realize he had family though that yeah, lives he's got here. Family friends that live around here, so I, he likes coming back here, especially when he played for Miami and he would play him twice. He, I mean, I think he's probably one of the only quarterbacks, other than Andy Dalton, that can come into the like the Ralph and like everybody kind of doesn't mind that we're playing against him. Oh yeah, it was like oh it's 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 Fitzpatrick. I remember I went to the the Redskins game earlier this year, and part of the reason why I got tickets. Um, you know, pre was because I wanted to see Fitzpatrick again, and I was yeah. bummed that he uh, he was hurt by then, and uh, Heineke had taken over. But um, no, he was he was I, he's just Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's just Fitzpatrick. He's just Fitzpatrick. He'll have a game, one game he'll throw for four hundred yards, five touchdowns. The next game he'll throw for two hundred yards and three interceptions. Yep. I mean, he's. Uh, but either way, you know you're gonna get. Everything he has. Oh yeah, and he's he's a good person overall. He's not like the kind of person like a. I don't know. He's a good leader. I feel. In oh a yeah. Sense. Yeah, and he's one of those players too where he's never, he's never tried to pass the buck. Yeah. Like if he has a if he has a horrible game, he's never. Well, you know, my offensive line didn't protect, or we couldn't get the running game, or I had receivers dropping the ball all over the place. No, he'll he'll. You know, put it on me. Hey, I made some bad decisions out there. And at the same time, when he has that 400 yard game, he'll just he'll give the credit. Well, you know, my offensive line was blocking. Right. Um, my receivers made some great catches out there. It was good play calling. He it, that's I think that's the type of player everybody wants. Yeah, that's the kind of player that like people fans gravitate towards. Yeah, fans gravitate towards, and not in like your team also gravitates towards, which is part big. Big part of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think Josh has got a lot of oh, those yeah. qualities, too. Now, Josh, obviously, um, much more athletic, has a lot more of just the natural abilities, the tools that Fitzpatrick doesn't have. Um, I think Fitzpatrick, his, uh, you know, I think his something that kept him in the league as long as it has was more of his intelligence, more right. of his way to 
um, get around. He didn't necessarily have the physical tools. And again, I'm not saying he's a he's a you know average Joe by any means, right. but it was his IQ, it was his um, you know his mental game that really was able to to keep him around as long as he is. Yeah, and you can see this a lot more now, like with the newer quarterbacks, like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Uh, whoever's the quarterback for the Chargers. Uh, Herbert. Herbert. Uh, Lamar Jackson, kind of. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as much as I hate his guts, and I hope that he breaks his femur. <laughs> um, you know, t- people like that, they're they're not only, like, in it to win it, they're in it, like, they're, they're in it for everybody. It's not just, like, themselves kind of thing. They get it. They, they get the game. They get it. And then you look at, you look like at quarterbacks, like, you know, Kyler Murray and and sometimes I think Tom Brady where it's more it's more you can tell by their body language that they're not a good communicator with their team. Well, it's funny. I was just listening to GR um, earlier today and Steve Tasker was talking about it just like on the sideline where he was saying, you know, other than calling the plays in the huddle. You know, Murray maybe said like, you know, six, uh, six words all game long. Yeah. Anytime you looked at him on the sidelines, um, he was wasn't engaged in the game, had that, you know, just, I don't care, um, look. And again, I'm not saying the kid doesn't care. I'm not saying the kid doesn't want to win. Right. But at the same time, uh, you look at a quarterback like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, even like Tom Brady, you know, when things aren't going right, they're they're talking to their defense. They're talking to their offense. They're talking to their linemen, their wide receivers. They're getting everybody pumped up. They're letting them know, hey, let's go. We got to get into this. You know, it's where Murray, he just goes over and just sits on the sideline. And I think that shows because I think I think we were listening to the same show because later on they were talking about how, you know, well, I mean, the, the, I don't think this was a different segue, but the, they talked about how with the Cardinals they started off so hot and then they fell apart. And I think par- probably that could be partly due to just lack of communication. And, like, you have so many people on the team that are very more just, like, personally driven and they don't communicate mm-hmm. as a team. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the Bengals and they were crap last year and look at them now. Like I have I have a strong feeling that they could actually beat Tennessee. Uh, listen, from the time of the playoff that the seedings started, and this is kind of the reason why um you know, I'm I was and my my wife is already talking about, you know, let's go down to Kansas City, let's go down to Kansas City. Um this is part of the reason why I don't know if I want to make that trip because when Buffalo beats Kansas City, I'm fully intending for Buffalo to host the AFC Championship oh game gosh. against Cincinnati. Right. I think Cincinnati. Now I know they got banged up in their wild card game. I know they lost some D linemen, um, a couple players. I don't know if they're if they were just day to day. I don't know if they're gonna. Uh, I haven't seen the the injury reports yet, but I think that they go in, or I wouldn't be surprised by any means if they go in and and knock Tennessee off. I would. I would be. I like Joe Burrow. I like him. As oh, a, absolutely. I, I have no problem with him as a quarterback. I think he he has very high standards that he could he could reach, and it's not because he also led us to a championship with the fantasy football. <laughs> but the, the kid does look a lot more set in what he's doing. I feel like, and Ryan Tannehill, okay, he he's a hit or miss quarterback. He's gonna he's another one. He's he's almost like a more consistent version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Like, he'll go in there, 
he'll have he's not going to have like the big three four hundred yard games with the five intercept or five touchdowns. You know, he'll have a three hundred yard game, maybe two touchdowns, three touchdowns. But he's also not going to go in there and have the three or four interception games. You know, right. he's he's going to be a little bit more consistent. But you know, I think he's going to have a typical Ryan or a typical uh, Tannehill game yeah. where he's going to have maybe. Two touchdowns, an interception, and maybe 200, 200, 225 yards. Right. And if you look at Joe Burrow's past couple games, he's been, like, I think in his last at least three games, he's been firing off more than four touchdowns a game. absolutely. And Jamar Chase is, like, fantastic. Oh, yeah. They got a young squad there. And I thought that was the best draft choice that they made when they pick – you know, Jamar Chase, his old uh, receiver back in the yeah. LSU days. Oh, yeah. Go that, Tigers. That that bond right there. And, yeah, Tennessee has Derrick Henry and Julio Jones, but Derrick Henry. But they have an old Julio Jones. I was going to say, number one, Julio Jones is older. Ryan Tannehill is older. Der- Derrick Henry, I feel like that injury kind of rattled him a little. I was. I wonder how he's going to come back. Because most of the time, the more times your running back gets injured, the less productive they get. Obviously, there's exceptions like Adrian Peterson, but most of the time, running backs tend to get more and more injured as their career continues. Yeah, like and, Watt. and the the list Frank injury on on the foot. I mean, that's yeah. it. I think we were mentioning this last week on the show that you know Henry's a big running back. He's yeah. not a finesse, you know, cut, you know, slimmer guy. He's a big running back. And putting that kind of pounding, you know, on that type of injury, and it's not like he's, you know, had six, seven, eight months to heal on it. it right. He's had what, two? Yeah, I mean, two and a half. They're rushing it. I, I think so. And I mean, um, I hope that this is something where you know we don't hear after the game or during the game that he re-injured it and that he's out front, you know, all of next year or right. or something like that. But. Um, I think they're they're rushing it big time, and I th- that 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 annoys me. And I don't know if it's just because like I, but like last year, I remember I think it was when they were playing uh, the Browns when Kansas City played the Browns, or I don't know when when um, Patrick Mahomes clearly had a concussion. Clearly, remember when he got like in the playoffs, he got knocked and he he just did not look right. Oh yeah, and, and then, then the next game he played us in the AFC Championship. Yeah, game. but all we heard was, oh, it wasn't a concussion; it was a neck injury. Doesn't matter. It the, was a shoulder the kid injury. It, out. He was out. Yeah. But that's where that's where the money. I'm sorry. That's where the millions and millions and billions of dollars come into the NFL, where you know they're like. We're not putting this kid in concussion protocol. Right. We don't care if this kid got knocked out by Mike Tyson the day before. He's playing in this game because it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Two young, strong quarterbacks. We need this kid to to play. Yeah, it's which is so it's just so frustrating. Um, you know, especially <laughs> I've been taking a lot of like personal training classes just for the heck of it and it's just it's frustrating knowing that people yeah i play on injuries too but i'm not like not injuries that are going to ruin my life like like, absolutely like it's if if derrick henry is not able to play at his 100 percent, i get that it's a playoff game but if you want him for the long run treat him well but that's just it is tennessee looking at 
well, this could be the tail end of his career. I mean, it's not like he's a one or two year in running back. He's also not 15 years in the league. Right. But, you know, he's he's what, 30, 31? When did, when did he get drafted? I'm I'm trying to remember. Um, I can't get on the, the, the Twitter machine that quick or the, the Google that quick. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in either his late 20s or early 30s, which is kind of insane to think. But for a running back, that's that's pretty old. So they might be looking at it. Hey, let's we're not worried too much about five years from now. We want we've got a chance. We've got the number one seed. Let's win now. So 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 it says that he was drafted in 2016. So I think this is his fifth season. Fifth or sixth season. So it's be a fifth or sixth season in the league. So he, yeah, I mean, he, he I is. I mean, you're, yeah, you're talking, I mean, you're talking the good running backs. They probably, they probably only get seven, eight years of really productive. That's like, if they're not injured. Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking like really heavy productive. I'm not, you know, 10 year running backs. Can they have the occasional 1,000 yard season? Yeah. But you're, you're typically, you know, you're after your sixth, seventh, eighth season in the league. That's where you typically see a sharp decline in the running back yeah. position, and and then that gets to the point where um, you want to talk about like how much you're investing in these people, especially. And I don't know, like I, I everybody goes after like the typical injury prone people uh, within the 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 league, and um, you know, if I was an owner or general manager or whatnot, I'd look at like I wouldn't sign somebody for a lot. Like I feel like if Tennessee won't sign him, I feel like another team will after his like contracts up and they don't if they don't resign him, somebody's gonna sign him because it's like oh it's Derrick Henry like he's gonna he's gonna help us and it's like oh. oh yeah you'll see some teams sign him just for just for ticket sales alone yeah and I don't feel like that's a good investment of money <laughs> no and I mean it's it, it's not like Derrick Henry I mean he's had a lot of I think every year the last three four years he's led. The league in carries. I yeah. mean, he's been a workhorse. Yeah. He's not. It's not like uh, what Buffalo had last year, and even at the beginning of part of this year, where they had split between Moss and Singletary, or even Breda come in for a little bit. It's been pretty much when Henry's there. He's there. The only time he's not getting the ball is if they're up by like two scores, and there's ten minutes left in the game or five minutes left in the game. Yeah, I mean. I guess people could argue the same thing for the Bills, though, with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that brings up the conversation of, like, one-dimensional offense. When you play Tennessee, you know they're going to run it. That's kind of assumed. When you play the Bills, you know Josh Allen is going to do something. But look at—and that's why I was so—I've been so happy with the way that they've won the last four or five games, and even the Patriots game— yeah, don't get me wrong. Josh Allen was a huge part of all of those wins, but he wasn't the sole right. reason. You know, they're finally starting to, and it's not even just that they're giving the ball to Devin Singletary, but they're opening things up. They're getting Isaiah McKenzie involved. They're getting um, uh, Gabe Davis finally involved again. They are doing a lot with, Devin Singletary, whether it's handing him the ball or just doing little dump off passes right. to him over the knee. I think the last uh, the last three games, four games, I think he's averaging what five catches a game. Yeah, um, and they're not going for huge pickups, but it's open. It's it's opening up the defense a little bit. Yeah, 
um, and it's giving, it's forcing them to get better looks. And I don't know if you want to call that playing balanced football. I know that's the that's the big uh, buzzword. Oh, you've got to be balanced. You've got to be balanced. Um, I, I don't. It's better to be balanced, but you know, I, a win's a win. If you want to go out there and throw for six hundred yards and win, go do it. But it 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 just it makes it easier. It helps keeps keep the other team's defense honest. Right, and that made me think of like you know back in like the 90s and stuff you talk about like the east coast west coast offenses kind of thing those weren't necessarily balanced because like if you mm-hmm. played like a west coast team you kind of knew they're gonna like really deep the ball down yeah. go for those big plays the running gun yeah you know like all that's like you look at the 49ers that was like their bread and butter yeah got them super bowl championships oh absolutely so, a lot of it was either uh play action from craig um, yeah. Or little dump offs to Craig, or and then that, but that's setting up the the deep play action to yeah. to Jerry Rice, to John Taylor, yeah, um, and those guys. I mean, so I don't know. Like, I'm not a. I know you shouldn't be one dimensional. Like, you shouldn't rely on one player. I don't. I but don't. at the same time, you're paying this guy a so ton money. of money. What's isn't that what you're paying him for? Yeah. To like be the man on offense. You're not paying him what, a quarter of a billion dollars or whatever he's getting to uh to, to just, you know, sit hand back off there and throw. Yeah, yeah. To just sit back there and manage the game. Yeah. No. You're paying this guy to to put the offense on his back yeah. and do it. And you know, I feel like this game like the thing that we never I, I asked when I was at the game, I asked Steve who I was with, I was like, why don't we ever talk like why don't like the NFL ever like focus on like the Bills Patriots rivalry because I always feel like that's a huge rivalry that nobody ever really talks about. They're only talking about like the Kansas City Bills one, which well, isn't even that big of a rivalry until now. I think though Kansas City Buffalo is more of a talking point rivalry because at least the games have been competitive. True. You know, whereas all right, ten years ago we were you knew the Patriots out, were yeah. going to be big. Fifteen years ago, you knew it was it wasn't all right. Here's a chance to beat the Patriots. It was like. Damn it, we've got the Patriots again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was you just—it was so one-sided. Um, the hate was there. The hate was definitely there. <laughs> now you mentioned earlier, you know, I, I I hate Patrick Mahomes. Do you think as Bills fans that hate for Brady is kind of shifting towards that hate, that hatred towards Mahomes and the uh, Chiefs? <laughs> um, I think. Maybe. I feel like the hate for Brady is a little different than the hate for Patrick Mahomes, and it might just be because, like, it's, it's still, still fresh. It's, still, it's still fresh. But, I mean, I hate Patrick Mahomes for other reasons, and it just adds on that we have to play them more. And we've played them, what, three times in the last, like, 12 months? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's a lot of games. And, and every game, they blew us out. No. Yeah, they, they blew us out. We blew them out. Yeah. Well, and then they played us earlier that last season where that was a close game. Yeah, that one was a close game when they beat us at home. Who knows? I don't. And then it's the whole talk of like, oh, the Bills are favored if they're in neutral territory, but since they go to Arrowhead, they're automatically an underdog. Listen, I, I, I we we talked a little bit about this before. I don't. When you come to this level playing against these two teams, I 
I don't, don't where it is. I don't care where it is. I don't think if, – if Kansas City – let's put it this way. If Kansas City does beat Buffalo, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with playing at Kansas City. Oh, no. Um, it's – I home field advantage at that point is just, hey, we're we're winning this in front of our fans. Maybe you get amped up a little bit more, but you're not getting amped up that much where it's going to be the deciding factor. I'm curious now, like, okay, so we lost in the AFC Championship game last year. Okay, that was pretty raw. We played them earlier this season, and we beat them by a lot. And a lot of people were saying, like, the relief, and, like, that was, like, our revenge game against the AFC. So was that our revenge game, or should this game be our revenge game? This game is the revenge game. Because if we lose this game, nobody is going to give a damn about that week five, week five victory. Right. That week five victory is already instantly forgotten if we lose this game. I think now if we win this game again and we have that week five win and we have this win, that back-to-back games, I think then you get a little – you start getting a little cocky and you start saying, all right – Chiefs are done. We've buried this team, um, which you know, and we're gonna bring about. We're gonna bring this up in a little bit. Um, I think then you can get into the point where we finally put them away. Um, but no, uh, you've got to do it when like and and the same would have gone for the Patriots right. if for some reason the Patriots were to have beaten us Saturday. Then everything we did last season, Doesn't everything count. we did at the beginning of this season. Doesn't matter. Last year's AFC East championship, this year's AFC East title, it all goes back to, well, see, the Bill or the Patriots just made the Bills their They win where it you counts. Know. But and that speaking of cockiness and stuff, so okay. Look at it as the as like a Kansas City perspective. They beat us AFC championship game last year. We play them again, they get crushed by us. All right. So they're coming into this game kind of with like a vendetta because we embarrassed them in front of their home team and their, their home field last. Do, do you think though? Do you think they're coming in with that vendetta? I, def- I definitely feel like it's uh, it's in the back of their mind. It could be, but you got to remember though too. I mean, they were they were struggling. It's not like they were four and zero when we played them. They were struggling, and they struggled a little bit after. Their right. offense still struggles yeah. from time to time. I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely – if I, Can I tell you, if it wasn't for a Melvin Gordon fumble um, in the last week of the season, we'd be playing this game at home this Sunday. Damn know. Denver. Gordon, just hang <laughs> on to the ball. You All you had to do was hang on to the ball, and we're hosting this week's game. But sorry, continue. Uh, <laughs> It's just I don't know if I it might be a personal thing, but if I was on Kansas City and we lost, and we have I have an opportunity to play them again, um, especially at home where it counts more, um, I feel like that would definitely be a driving force. And then on the opposite side, you look at like the Bills and stuff. You're coming off of that that like win, and hopefully they don't think of it as that revenge game. This is the one, but um, they're still coming off that win. Do you think there's like a little bit of cockiness there that tr- propels them to be like, okay, wh- I mean, obviously they're professional athletes, and I hope they have the mental capacity to d- assimilate feelings towards certain games and understand it. But still, it's like 
you have one team that's like, okay, they embarrassed us in front of our home front, embarrassed us in front of our home fans. Now we have the chance to get it back where it counts. And the Bills fans are like, well, we beat you guys here last time. We're gonna just do it again. I think all that Week Five win did was give Buffalo confidence. I'm gonna make a I, I'm gonna make a weird analogy and hang with me here. Um, I'm picturing it like Rocky Five against Ivan Drago. Or was that Rocky Four? No, it was Rocky Five, wasn't it? No, Rocky Four. Rocky Four, sorry. Rocky Four against Ivan Drago when he goes to Russia. When they're fighting, you know, he already killed Apollo and he's destroying Rocky. And then all of a sudden, at the end of one round, he hits and he cuts him. And the corner man is like, You cut him. See, he's not a machine. He's a man. You cut him. Like you made him bleed. I think that week five victory in Kansas City was that punch. Buffalo was like, they're not unbeatable. We can beat them. We cut them. They can bleed. And I think that, if anything, that's going to carry them over, and that's going to give them a little confidence. I don't think they come in cocky because they still haven't beaten them when it counts in the playoffs, but I think it gives them just that much more confidence. Hey, they're not – we're maybe even going into the AFC Championship game last year. They still hadn't beaten them. They got beat earlier in the season by them. Uh, I think they got beat maybe the year before that by them or whatever. But maybe, they I don't know. they were just wow. These are the charge or these are the Chiefs. These are this is the champs. We can't hang with them yet. Where now that that week five they cut them, they cut them, they got them on the ropes. They cut them. I I hope I hope you're right. And you know, the more I think about it, out of the two teams, out of the, between the Bills and the and the Chiefs, I feel like the Chiefs have demonstrated more cockiness than the Bills have. And the only thing that pops in my mind was the whole, um, you know, Tyreek Hill flashing the peace sign back when they were playing the Buccaneers in the regular season, and then lo and behold, it reversed around when Kansas City just could not score to save their lives, and they got embarrassed at the Super Bowl. So maybe, maybe, but I mean, I, I they're not feeling cocky. There's there's nothing that they're coming off of to make them feel cocky right now. No, no. I mean, it's not like yeah, they went on a nice win streak at the end of the season. Yeah, they're they're riding in as the number two seed, but I mean, they very easily could have lost to Denver. There, there. A lot of those games, they very easily could have lost. Yeah. Um, I mean, now ultimately they did pull him out, whether it was defense or offense making a play, they did pull him out against lesser teams. Um, I can't think of them offhand right now, but they're, uh, I mean, even at the first half against Pittsburgh, it's not like they routed them right off the beginning. Uh-huh. I mean, they scored a lot of second half points. Um, so, I mean, that game could have, and man, that would have been fantastic. Oh, I was hoping so bad for the Steelers to somehow miraculously win for Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> but at the same time, though, I'm I'm I was pulling for the Chiefs because I don't think Pittsburgh would have gone in and beat Tennessee. I still think Cincinnati goes in and beats Tennessee, and with Buffalo takes care of business, I I still think that sets us up for that hosting an AFC Championship game. If okay, okay. I'm, I'm now I'm switching my mind to the NFC. So you look at the NFC, right? Now you brought now before you go, you brought up karma, and I I want to bring this up real quick before I forget because I'm old. In the San Francisco uh, Dallas game, yeah. Um, again, 
we'll talk about that whole debacle at the end with that stupid play call with Jesus. But um, if you look at the beginning of that first drive when Dallas gets the ball back, you've got the um, uh, San Francisco. There are sorry, San Francisco still had the ball, and you've got their defensive lineman waving bye bye to the crowd, bye yeah. bye to the crowd. All of a sudden, Dallas gets the ball back. All of a sudden, it's a twenty yard play, thirty yard play, ten yeah. yard play. Like they're in business. All I all I kept thinking about was those two guys are feeling like oh what the yeah. f- did we like like did we just did we just throw the hex on our team right now cuz talk about that would have been that would have been karma right there it's like it's like the whole thing i think last year with like juju smith suster like making it like a tiktok trend to go dance on opponents like logos i'm so glad we shut him up when he did that (laughs) and like eventually teams just kicked their butts because of that reason i mean you know what i'd be curious to see what was said in the locker room in san francisco after all that they're like the hell are you doing (laughs) like why are you doing this we're still in a game and i'm sorry we're gonna bring that back if that if the first time juju smith schuster did that and if i was made aware of that if i'm the coach I'm taking him and I am benching him, whether it's for a quarter, a half, a game. I'm benching him and if like, listen, if you ever do anything that stupid again, yeah. I, this will be the last game. I don't care if we've got to take a dead cap hit, whatever it is. I will make sure you don't play a down for us again because that was just utterly stupid. It will. It, it reflects poorly on the team as a whole, even if – and I feel like – a lot of coaches wouldn't do anything like that. I feel like a lot of co- like, um, I, I can't remember who they're playing, but like Baltimore was playing somebody, and I don't know if it was Baltimore or the other team was warming up on each other's like, uh, logo. But like, and then I feel like it was Baltimore's home team, and somebody was like warming up on their logo, and like Harbaugh and the entire team was like, "You're being disrespectful and all that stuff." And yet, there's coaches on the other side that clearly don't care because they're not penalizing their teams for doing this same thing with um with mike tomlin like he didn't do anything because no he just let it happen he the only the only time he mentioned it because it had happened like two or three games before and the steelers won the steelers won the second they went on like a two or three game losing streak or whatever and and the media brought it up that's when he well I, I, i i i was just made aware of this bull you were not just you knew it's just about because this. you guys were winning. It's, you didn't care. Yeah, it's because now teams have gone out and said we want to kick your teeth in yeah. because of this guy. So yeah, honestly, it's the San Francisco Cowboys game. You know those guys. The, obviously, San Francisco ended up winning, but you know, I wouldn't have done that, and I would have been pissed if I was the coach. Like, yeah. I don't care if we won or not. That's still like. You're putting a target on our back. You're making us look bad. I mean, and and don't get me wrong. There's been times as a player where I've done stupid stuff on the sideline, whether it's been at a travel game, at a well, at a high school game. We didn't win a damn game, so, <laughs> so you're just doing stupid wasn't stuff a, anyway. Wasn't at a high school game, but um, you know, when when you have a rivalry in there, and you know, San Francisco, Dallas, that's like a huge big rivalry. Um, you know, you you do stuff to. Uh, to go after the other fans, you know, where uh, Diggs in, in New England did the, you get a car, you get a car, <laughs> you get a awesome. car. Um, so, I mean, I'm not one to say, oh, I've I've never done that. That's that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. I've never done that. But at the same time, you've got to know 
you've got to know the point. It's not like Dallas was up 30 points. Right. It's not like the game was out of reach. Even when uh, when Juju Smith-Schuster did his garbage, that for what? Like yeah. the game haven't even started. You haven't won anything. You're not even in the playoffs yet. You're what, 8-0? Who cares? Yeah, you know why give the team? That's just giving other teams, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, more reason to want to destroy yeah, you. If it can, it can work against you. Um, Bulletin board material. That's what I was thinking of. It, it doesn't matter. I don't think San Francisco is going to make it out alive against Green Bay. <laughs> Not at all. I think it's going to be closer. Well, have they said is Bosa going to play? Has they said? I don't know. Have they said if he's uh, if they're if he's playing, then maybe maybe they have a close shot. But if he's not playing, no. Aaron Rodgers is just going to tear that defense up. I it definitely changes the tone if if Bosa he's in concussion protocol, right? I think so. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't remember what he went but down. But in playoffs, with. clearly we've seen concussion protocols maybe two days. Yeah, so he'll be cleared by tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think if Bosa goes, I think they have a chance. Yeah. Um, now Green Bay seems to be getting a lot of people back. Like uh, Bakhtiari could be back. Yep. Um, there's a couple other people on the defense that could be back. So. It's Green Bay's. Green Bay is firing on all cylinders. Aaron Jones. Green Bay's just loaded. Um, I I'm hey I said a L A Buffalo Super Bowl. They're both still in it, dude. Out talk about dominant like dominance. L A. My gosh. I think L A. showed that defense just how nasty they could be. (laughs) Oh my god. Like I know when Von Miller first got there, you know they went well. The defense isn't that tough and whatever. They've gone through a little man. I think they showed on Monday just why they went and got Von Miller, why they went all in and even got uh, Odell Beckham Jr., oh, yeah. why they went for these guys. Because, man, if <laughs> it was so cool. Oh. And then on the other side, J.J. Watt, great big signing this past year. He didn't do anything, and he was out for like half the season. I'm so glad that Buffalo, that's another one. I'm glad that Buffalo did not uh, complete that trade for Antonio Brown two years ago, yeah. and I'm glad they did not waste uh, what? What do you end up getting? Ten million, eleven million a season? He's got like two years. I think full. I th- I heard this on the radio today. I think it's full, like for thirty, like thirty that, and yeah, a half like, million for two years. Yeah. So and he didn't even play a full season. No. He hasn't played a full season in the last like five six years. I know. Um, I'm so because that would have just destroyed our salary cap. Yeah. Um, for nothing. For nothing. For nothing. For production that you're getting out of Jerry Hughes, uh, Mario Addison, um, and Gre- Greg Rousseau, a rookie, is producing better than yeah. And I mean, it's I'm so glad they did not pick that. And I like how. Uh, J.J. Watts was, oh, I'm going, money doesn't mean an issue. Money doesn't mean as much to me. I'm going there to win a championship. I'm going, no, you're not. You're going there because Arizona ponied up the most money. No other team was going to give you that. In fact, I think they looked at it, the only, the, he's, so that averages to what, like 14, 15 million yeah, a year. And uh, the next team was only offering him like seven or eight million a year. You, you weren't getting that anywhere else. No. And you didn't go to – nobody goes to Arizona to win a championship. And it's – don't – for a while I thought Arizona was building a good team. And I thought they were in the process of getting there. But I think they just jumped the gun too quickly. And, you know, 
they they got all these veteran players, and I was like, they're not really that veteran of player. Veteran, but injury prone like, players. Fine, veteran, like veteran in the regular season, okay. But you got to look at like postseason too, and this could also go for like L.A. Von Miller, I don't think has played in a. Like he hasn't done play. Oh, he won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl, but since then hasn't been in a playoff until now. True, but he's at least but got that Super Bowl. But he was always still performing. JJ Watt at the towards the end of his Texan career really wasn't doing anything. He was out for the past like for the season yeah. and then like came back for a little. JJ Watt, great player seven, eight years ago. Yeah, dominant player. Seven, He's like his brother ago. now. Yeah, TJ Watts. I uh, I think TJ is going to have ultimately a better, a way better career when all is said and done. I think he's going to be he's going to have better stats, better career wise. Um, I mean, he's putting together. He keeps this up. He's putting together a Hall of Fame career. Oh, I mean, whereas, JJ Watt probably will get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well. where I don't know, I don't know if JJ gets there. I think the only thing that gets him there is his agent. Is those subway commercials? Is is yeah. his notoriety? Is his name? I I don't think I could be wrong. I I just don't see just on stats alone. He like I said, he had a there was a three, four, five years of just dominance. Right. But then it was injury, yeah. injury, out for the year, out for seven games, out for ten games. Like he, you know, just didn't put it together. Where his brother. Has been pretty healthy, yeah. And I think if his brother stays healthy, I think his brother is going to have uh, a way better career and, than JJ will. You know, Mike Tomlin's a, I feel like a better coach for defensive players, anyways. Um, but um, you know, and JJ's only played in what three? If you count last night, three playoff games, four playoff games, and then well, one, one made it past the wild card, <laughs> I think. Yeah, because they didn't call that uh, when Buffalo was up sixteen nothing, nineteen nothing, and they didn't call that yeah. what should have been a touchdown because yeah. of the uh, thing, and it should have been twenty three nothing to basically start the third quarter. But, yeah, I mean that's never a chance. The refs always suck. But then we had to hear because JJ Watt in that game made one tackle. One tackle. And he's injured, and he still made a sack. And oh my God, JJ Watt just turned the table. He just won the game for the. He made one tackle yeah. and one quarterback hurry all game, and all, the, all against a rookie quarterback. And all we had to hear was, "Oh, JJ Watt, he's he's leading this team. He's the super." Just shut up. And then we look at Tampa Bay against the poor Eagles, who are just happy to be there. And you know what? They looked happy to be there to begin with and then clearly realized that they can't play in the playoffs yet. Listen, I was pulling for the Eagles. I know we had Andrew Williams on last week. And I was, I was thinking I was of pulling, him. I was pulling for him. Oh, Andrew, gosh. we were thinking about you. That we was were pulling so, for you. There was no way. But um, I don't know. Hurts is another one. He just he did absolutely nothing. Well, he just doesn't have experience. Like, I feel... I feel like in a couple of years the Eagles could be a team. Yeah, could be, could be. Also, wait a minute before we get off the the Cardinals. Isn't Zach Ertz on that team? Yeah, didn't weren't we like in like the talk for that too? 
that at one point almost seemed like it was like happening, right? Yeah, uh-huh. like it was a done deal at one point. Um and then the season started and nothing. And then even at the trading deadline, before the trading deadline, oh, Buffalo's going to it's just a matter of time before the Bills trade right. for him. But you know what? Hey, Knox is maybe that's what maybe that's what kicked Knox in the butt because man, he has been a man child oh, since I think there's really only been one game this year, and I can't remember who it was against, where he, where you could say, all right, he had a bad game, like two or three drops. Um, oh, that game was against, hold on, don't, don't. It was right before the Tampa Bay game. So that would have been um, the New England game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the New England game, because I remember watching all those stupid catches he dropped. Yeah. Um, and he dropped one in the end zone. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Um. But that was the only game where I could say, but like he didn't. But he's every other game, including the playoffs, were two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's just been he's been a man child. He he he. I feel like I I saw a picture of Zach Ertz, or I saw Zach Ertz click close up on the game yesterday, and he just looked like a defeated man who's like on a team that he is like, what what is going on here? It was like, why am I here? Why why are we doing so poorly? I just want to go home to my to my national woman's soccer wife. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot who he's. Isn't isn't it Alex Morgan? I don't know if it's Morgan, but it's somebody from the team. Yeah, somebody um, that I know. No, I want to say it's a Julie something. Isn't it a Julie something? I don't know. That's <sighs> you're you're Mr. Google over there, but yeah. Um, but he just. He just, he, it, I'm glad we avoided him, too, to be honest. I'm, I'm glad we avoided him. Again, nothing against the guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I know he's done a lot for charities. I know he's, but he's just, he's just past his prime. <laughs> oh, oh. Her her, her, uh, her last name is uh, Julia Ertz. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would, that would, that would make sense. That's, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that makes sense. No, but, um, yeah, and then Tampa Bay, but that would have tell me though that wouldn't be a great uh, tight end tandem with Ertz and Knox. Who is our other tight end? Tommy Sweeney. Okay, okay. Which he he had a game uh, that Knox was out with a broken hand. Mm-hmm. I think it was the game. Um, it was after the Kansas City game because that was the game he broke his hand. Yes, but it was he had a decent game because uh, Knox missed. Two games or three games? I think he missed two. I thought two. Because I think we had two games, then we had the bye, and he came back after the bye. Yeah. Um, and Sweeney, the game, the first game that he started, he did all right. He had a couple set catches. But then the next game, the game before the bye, he had like, you know, two or three drops, um, got beat on some blocks. And I think that's where, like, all right, kid, you know, we've heard a lot about you. You know, we had COVID last year and this and that. Um, but this was your big chance to really and he didn't really right. do it. Um and I think they might have rushed Knox back a little bit from that broken hand but hey, he's been fantastic. You know, he played very well for our on our um Thanksgiving game too. Yeah. Um but you know, and then I remember hearing all this talk about possibly like Oh, Shaq Lawson, he used to play for the Bills, and now, like, Miami didn't sign him back, so, like, should we pick him up? And I was like, mm-hmm. If he wants to come along in the play- on the practice squad, yeah, I got no problem I, like, with I don't that. want him. No. no That's, he's, he would just be kind of like, um, who was that receiver we signed 
um, last year going into the playoffs. Um, oh. And he never he never got into the playoff game. But we signed him to the pla- Who practice did squad. We sign? I think it was somebody from Houston. Um, but we signed him, and everybody thought, "Oh, this cat's going to get in. This cat's going to get in." He was just an insurance policy because uh, at that point, Beasley and Diggs were banged up a little bit. Um, oh my gosh! Like I know exactly what you're talking but, about. But uh, I wouldn't mind if Buffalo did that with Lawson. Hey, we'll sign you to the practice squad, whatever. Right. Um, you know, that way, if, again, knock on wood, if Addison can't play, if Hughes goes down, if somebody else goes down, um, you know, if you're, you're three or four defensive linemen depleted, hey, we've got a guy that can go in there who at least has NFL experience, yeah. who at least his last season with Buffalo played pretty well under this coaching staff. I mean, I definitely, I've heard talks that, like, Jerry Hughes is like, oh, I don't know if, like, my future here is, like, I mean, he might be retiring. Very soon. So, I mean, we do need to start thinking about another defensive lineman. Yeah, well, I think that's why they've went so heavily with, you know, you, you invested a second-round pick in Epinesa yeah. two years ago. You invested uh, another second-round pick in Boogie Basham, a first-round like pick. Boogie Basham. Um, first-round pick in Rousseau. I was glad to see Boogie at, last, at least get a few snaps Yeah, last game. Um, so I think that was their way of kind of reloading – who knows how much longer Addison is going to be? And yeah. um, Oliver's still there. I don't know if we're going to keep him though. There's been a lot. Of- I think he's proven this year that, and he had a he had a I thought a great playoff game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's really come along this year. Um, to kind of say, all right, this kid, we can build around this kid, and that's another thing. They've got a relatively young defensive line. Yeah. I mean. Star's going to be gone next year. Um, let's say even Star, Addison, and Hughes go. You've got a defensive line that's probably going to consist of Harrison Phillips, Ed Oliver. Um, hopefully you're you're rotating between Rousseau, Epinesa, and Basham yeah. on your DNs. You've got F.A. Obata, oh, who yeah. played uh, really solid when he's had to play um, and has almost kind of turned into a, a uh, pretty decent guy in the rotation. Um, and you've got a couple other guys that I that I can't think of offhand. Um, so I think they're they're pretty set at D line. None of these people ever got picked for an all pro, like for the Pro Bowl. No, no, you've got a all pro. You've got a, a first team all pro safety second in Micah team. Hyde, a second team all pro safety in Jordan Poyer. Or no, do I have that the other team, way around? Yeah. Other way around. So Jordan Poyer first team, Micah Hyde second team, no Pro Bowls, which is. I have no idea how that happened. Nope. Um, you've got uh, Josh Allen, who is Josh Allen is just Josh Allen. But no, let's uh, all right. Let's put in Lamar Jackson, who missed what the last six games of the season. Yep. Even if you take just the numbers, numbers wise, the only thing Jackson had better per game average was running. Right. Um, Justin Herbert. Okay, the kid. Had the numbers and everything, but didn't make no. didn't make the playoffs. No. Couldn't couldn't put up when needed to. Um, all right, and then before we get into some of our topics, should Mike McCarthy be fired after that? From what the forty yard line, sixteen seconds left, fourteen seconds left, and you call a quarterback draw. 
What are what are you trying to get out of that? (laughs) What are you at at the very least you're saying all we're gonna get is one more play from the what thirty yard line that they were able to run it to? So instead of at least get at at that point you're at the what forty five I think they were forty yard line. Yeah. Um, you can at least get two maybe three shots at the end zone or downfield. But no, we're going to run so that we can hope, we can hope to snap or to to down the ball with one second left and get one shot from the 30. I think that shows lack of confidence in their team. That shows just stupidity. Yeah. Stupidity. And poor time management, poor poor play calling, poor everything. <laughs> I could see if you were on the other side of the field, if yeah. you were at the 40, all right, Hey Josh, run it to run it to our forty or run it to the Dallas forty so that we can get one forty yard bomb. Maybe, maybe, but no. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I think he's a crappy coach to begin with, so I wouldn't be, I would not be mad if he got fired. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was just horrendous. Now that takes us into coaching too, and I wanted to bring this question up. Um, and it's not even in the pros because I know I know a lot of high school coaches, and I'm not saying any schools because I'm not going to do that. But there are teams out there, there are, uh, there are always teams out there that just have talent where you could just, you could have anybody out there coaching and they would just win and win big because you've got either just in New England or in New England's case, the greatest quarterback ever playing for you for 20 years in high school where you've got a team that's got like seven, eight, nine, ten first team Western New York picks on your team, or you've just got a loaded roster from top to bottom where you even and Clarence, you guys had this, where you even had some of your backups. Your backups could probably beat most starting lineups for other squads in soccer. Um and I'm not saying anything against Mike Silverstein because I think he does a tremendous job. Um, with Clarence, I think he's still coaching there, but he was when I was. There. Uh, I mean, he's done a tremendous job, but I think there are certain coaches out there in high school sports, college sports, and in the pros where, listen, you're not necessarily winning because of your coaching. You're winning because you've got top tier talent. Do you think that? Do you think maybe that that that's a valid point. Yeah, or? It's, a, it's a valid point, and I think it's it's shown because you know, say, say you're this great, quote unquote, great coach, and you just happen to have this great team, and then you know, okay, some other team like reaches out to you, is like, hey, we want you to coach our program, and you know, if you're in that environment for long and like you're winning, your mind can play tricks on you, and you can genuinely think that it's because of you when it's clearly not. So, so your confidence might be boosted up and you say, yeah, sure. I'll go help your team and I'll go and you go there. And that's when the veil is lifted and you're like, I can't coach. Like it wasn't me winning. It was the kids. Yeah. And I mean, and Jamie and I, uh, who I coach with, um, we, we joke about this a lot where there are teams out there, especially soccer teams out there that (laughs) it, you know, we're not worried. We're worried about their players. We're not worried about getting out coached, or we right. didn't get we didn't get out coached going into the game. And don't get me wrong, there are times where you know I'll I'll give credit to to anybody who who you know deserves the credit. There's been times where I've coached and I've gotten out 
coached. Um, there's been times where I've out coached people as well, but, um, there's teams out there that, you know, Jamie and I look at, but like it, it, it doesn't matter. My, my, my 13 year old niece could be the coach and they're going to win. Um, you know, there are teams out there that, you know, their players are the ones running the practices. They're, you know, their players are the ones setting up the formations and telling their coach, this is what we should be running. This is what we should be doing. And their coach is all of a sudden considered, you know, a genius because their team has won two sectional titles or a state championship or made it to this finals or they're a perennial um, powerhouse, you know, and it's just (laughs) there are times where I know Jamie and I've looked at each other, man, if if we just, you know, we've got a lot of talented kids, but we've got a talented 10 like this year, we had a talented 11 starters. By the end of the year, because of injuries, we lost, I think, six or seven of those starters. We didn't have a team that could afford to lose two or three starters with the talent level that we had. Right. Um, so we took a noticeable hit, and we still almost got a, a, a sectional win in the playoffs. And I'm not going to relive that Pioneer game because it still ticks me off. Um, and in fact, I, it, the game itself is on YouTube and some of the kids, you know, been, coach, have you watched the game? Have you watched the game? And apparently I can be, I can be heard yelling a lot during that video on YouTube. And I haven't watched it because I know that if I do watch it, I'm, I'm just gonna, it's just going to raise my blood pressure and I don't want to watch it. But there are teams out there though, that just, it's not coaching. It's yeah. talent. Um, and I think you like you said i think you find out just how good a coach is if you can go into a lower level team that might not have the talent or might only be mediocre talent um but by the end of your 2 years there 3 years there however long it is next thing you know that team is now in the discussion right. that team now has hey they've won they went from winning 4 games in 4 years to having a 6 and 10 season or they're above 500 or hey they just won a sectional game like i think that's where you can see just how good like actual coaching can come in the hand yeah you can see that a lot in the nfl yeah and i mean i it, take take mcdermott i mean not to say that he's the almighty but look at look at how we were before we had bean who I think deserves a ton of credit for bringing in the talent and McDermott. I mean, how many times did we go in during that drought? Wow, this is the year. You know, we've got uh, we got Rex Ryan as we've our got coach. Rex Ryan. We've got uh, Trent Edwards. Look at what he did last year. Now he's the starter. We've got J.P. Lossman, a first round pick who should have been a seventh round pick. We've got, you know, him. we've got this and that and couldn't even make the playoffs. Well, it's like, if anything, I think a bigger example is like, look at all like the, the coaches that came off of like the Bill Belichick tree and and and, and the, the New England. That's the name. And like, you know, the defensive coordinator won Super Bowls, went to go coach the Lions. Trash. Um, I don't know. Somebody else went to coach. I don't know, some other team in the NFC, trash. Like, you know, it's not them because they're crappy coaches. They just had phenomenal players. <laughs> now that brings me back, and I posted this question on, on Facebook um, after the game. 
I'm not saying Bill Belichick is a terrible coach. I think he's a brilliant football mind. But let's say if Andy Reid was coaching Tom Brady and the New England Patriots um, all the previous 20 years, is Andy Reid. Are we talking about Andy Reid being the best coach in NFL history? If um, Matt Patricia, if anybody else who had Tom Brady as their quarterback for, what, 19 years, 20 years, um, are we talking about that coach being the quote-unquote greatest or one of the greatest coaches in NFL history? Because Bill Belichick wasn't considered a genius in Cleveland those two years or three years that he lost there. Um, I mean, he kind of was in the sense that he developed. He, 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 but he never won in Cleveland. No, but th- he developed a team that later on there was like a change. There was like a uh, an expansion. And that team that he created in Cleveland became a uh, something else. So he No, was, he coached the new Browns, I believe. Are you sure? I, I I thought I saw something where like he there at least there was one season where like he built a team and then that team was removed from him or 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 something of that nature or maybe he built a team in Cincinnati which moved with him or something something like that happened once. I don't know but anyways I understand what you're talking about if you look at he's got a losing record without. Tom Brady, and that goes back to the Cleveland days, and that goes back to the times when when Brady was either hurt or suspended or whatever. He's got a losing record without Tom Brady as his quarterback. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you look at his record with Brady and without Brady, just just saying. Yeah, I mean, a lot. There was like that time where people thought that he was molding Mac Jones into like the new Tom Brady, and yeah, he still looked like a rookie quarterback, and he played like garbage when like he really needed to step up. But if he wasn't, if Mac Jones wasn't coached by Bill Belichick, I feel like his rookie season would have been worse than it was. You think? Yeah, but if Mac Jones was on a team that had a better plan at quarterback, I agree. I I don't think Matt Jones starts. I think Matt Jones should have they should have had somebody else in place, whether it was Cam Newton and they gave a BS reason for him, oh, he's not vaccinated, so we're kicking him off. Um but I just I don't think Jones should have started. But again, we know Belichick is pretty much let's be honest, he's pretty much coach general manager the the god yeah. to that team. Shouldn't he shouldn't have he had a better plan on life after Brady? Probably, but I feel like, you know, like I said, if you're on a team whose players are very good and you can lull yourself in a sense of false security where I think that after 20 years of having Brady, I feel like there was partly some factor playing in that, you know, Bill Belichick really did think that he doesn't need Brady. He he could do it himself. And I think now is like the proof saying like, okay, maybe I did need Brady and maybe I'm not saying that he's a terrible coach, but I'm saying that I'm not saying he's a terrible coach either, but he's a, he's different. 
I think he I think now he is trying to he's got something to prove. Now I'll I'll throw a question out to you. Let's say he coaches another three years. Let's say next year Jones takes a step back. They didn't they miss the playoffs. And let's say those other two years they go to the playoffs, they're one and done, and maybe the fifth year they win one playoff game. So and then they get ousted in the in the next round. So five years since Brady leaves, let's say he goes to the playoffs two seasons, three seasons, only wins one playoff game, and all this is done without Brady, does that tarnish in any way his reputation? Um, Because you've got, quote-unquote, Mac Jones, your franchise quarterback, a guy that you picked. You could have traded up and got Justin Fields. You could have done this. You could have done it. He's got his guy, the guy that he wanted. Does that... uh, does that tarnish his reputation a bit? It, it could, and I could, and I see it as it like be if that happens that way, um, that it's more like you should have gone out while you were ahead, or at least like okay, you had a couple of years without Brady. You wanted to try to prove something; it didn't work. You should have got out then, rather than like going five more years. No matter what, he's still making it into the Hall of Fame. He's still got six Super Bowls. He's, you know, all this, but I think reputation-wise, it's a little hindered. I don't think he personally cares. No. <laughs> now, let's say he goes 10 years. Now, granted, I don't think he's coaching another 10 years because that puts him at, what, 79, almost 80? Because I think he's turning 70 this year. Who knows? He sold his soul to the devil. I don't <laughs> think he's going to die. But let's say he he goes another 10 years. And still, no Super Bowls, made the playoffs, let's say, we'll give him 60% of the time, so six out of ten seasons, made the playoffs, only one or two playoff wins. Let's give him three. Three playoff wins. Does that tarnish his reputation? Do then, does at least the subject be brought up, hey, did he only win because he had the greatest quarterback arguably, to ever play the game? It could have, and then I feel like a lot of people are going to start criticizing, saying, like, he should have gotten out way sooner, like, while he was ahead. Um, But his pride hindered him, too. Because if he left when Tom Brady left, I feel like there would be no debate that he was, like, the greatest coach ever, and that would never change. (laughs) But since he's staying in the game without Tom Brady, and it's showing that he's not winning as much as he was, I mean, granted, with Tom Brady's last season... They didn't make it that far into the playoffs, though. Like they were, they were one and done by Tennessee, Kansas City. Was it Kansas City? I think so. I thought Kansas City was. Oh I'm, no, they beat Kansas City the year before that. I can't remember. I thought I thought Brady's last year in New England was one and done when Tennessee beat them. Could be. I think. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, yeah, because I think um, uh, it was a wild card game. I'm pretty sure. Tennessee came in as the number six seed, um, and buff and uh, the Pats were the three seed. Yeah, I believe. And then Julian Edelman like bashed his helmet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, so, but has the game and and at that point, one can say, listen, has the game passed him by? I mean, look at what he tried to do this year. He tried to develop a running game. 
He tried to develop a team that can that was built. You know, I've got a I've got a young quarterback. I've got to run and stop the run, run and stop the run. It's not. I mean, that would work in the nineties. Not anymore. That would work in the early two thousands. You're not winning those games going against Joe Burrow, going against Patrick Mahomes, going against Josh Allen, unless you've got a sixty mile an hour wind with you. Um, against Aaron Rodgers, you're, you're it. That's not the league anymore. Has the game and Again, when you've got the world's greatest quarterback, when you've got somebody where you, and and he's this defensive guru, when you can focus on just putting a shutdown defense on there because you really don't have to worry about your offense, you know this guy's going to come in and throw for four thousand yards and make trash receivers look amazing. Um, and be honest, what receiver besides Randy Moss? for two years or one year or whatever, did did Brady ever really have that you can say was fantastic without Brady? Um, so you know the offense is set because of your quarterback. Is Has the game passed him by? I think it's getting there. I think he knows that. And he's trying to adapt, but it just doesn't work. I think so, and I know he... Early on, five six, he always said, "I have no intention of coaching into my seventies. I have no intention of." Co-. Well, he's turning seventy this year. He and said he, he wants to come back. Yeah. I think for him, it's it's going to be a rude awakening. I think for him, it's an ego thing where Brady already won one without him, and Brady's in contention to win another one, or at least go to another one and lose to the Bills um, this year without him again. So Brady hasn't missed a beat. Um, his, if anything, Brady's playing. Brady's had a rejuvenation. Brady's probably kicking himself. Man, if I would have come down to Tampa Bay or gotten out of New England, I probably could have had three or four more. Um, and Belichick is right now struggling to. Belichick's playing golf right now. He's struggling to make the playoffs. And nobody says this, but you know what? And yeah, Buffalo had an easy schedule this year, but New England's was just as easy. Yeah, and if New England didn't have this easy schedule, does New England even make the playoffs this year? No. If anything, Miami would have been in their place. Yeah, and Miami's another team that they certainly have the Patriots number. They um, always do, though. Yeah, and I that's got to be that's got to be ticking him off. <laughs> they, I don't think he can win in Hard Rock Stadium. He, I don't think he has in a while. Yeah, which is so weird. Yeah, because Miami hasn't been world beaters either. No, but hey, anybody can win any game in any NFL game. Oh, for sure. Um, now, have you ever come across that? I know we've had, I've played against teams and coached against teams where I've just had their number and and almost like, uh, what was it, Rogers who said against Chicago, um, you know, I'm your, oh, yeah, I'm your daddy yeah. or whatever he yeah. said. Um, or I own you. Yeah. I I bleep and own you. It's like the 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 most expensive thing NFL players own, and it just shows like different teams. Um, have you ever just? I I know there was those teams where, um, I can remember in travel where we just it was always a, a, a solid opponent, but we just we knew going in we're we're gonna beat you. Yeah, you're tough. Yeah, you've got talent. But we've beaten you the last five years, six years, whatever in a row. Um, again, I've got to go to my travel days because I, well, 
High school and, was rough. And, and teams weren't afraid of us. Every team had our number. If anything, it was the opposite way around. Every team had our number in high school. Um, but did you ever have those those games where you're just, man, I I, I this team's good, but I don't care. No. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wreck them. Not at all. I know for us it was a travel team in Wilson that, especially in indoor. I mean, we would face them in indoor. We would face them in outdoor. I think uh, I I probably played them, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 times. I think they beat us maybe once or twice. I mean, we just, and even when they beat us, it was, you know, we weren't going in there um, fully staffed. I don't want to make excuses or whatever. But uh, it was just one of those teams where, and you and you know all you know all the the same guys because you've played them in U ten, in U eleven, in U twelve, right. in U fourteen, and y- you just know that yeah. that you're just gonna destroy them. And I think for the Bills, the Patriots were definitely them. I think that mystique with the Patriots, it's I think they closed the book on that on Saturday. Yeah. It's it's definitely um it's definitely seeing a new light now. <laughs> I think if anything, Buffalo's opening starting to write a chapter where we're we we've got your number. We don't care about you guys anymore. No, we're we, gonna beat you guys. We own you now. <laughs> and I think that's whether I, I hope Mac Jones is their quarterback for the next ten, fifteen years because I'm not scared of him. I was happy with at Cam all. Newton. <laughs> Cam, though, I feel like Cam at least could hurt you on the ground. Like, I, I always thought, I mean, and what was it, last year where he almost, he came a fumble away from beating us? Oh, that was so funny. He started crying. But <laughs> that game was close not because of Cam Newton's arm. That game was close because of his legs. Right, and then the next game was not. Yeah. So I thought Cam, even in his later careers, even in uh, Carolina and New England, there was always that chance that he could rip off a game where he's going to run for 100 yards and beat you with his legs. There's no fear of that for Mac Jones. And Mac Jones has – I'm not worried that Mac Jones is going to come in and throw 350 yards. Yeah. I mean – not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of Zach Wilson either. I remember the Jets were like, "Oh, he's so great," and like, "No, screw him." <laughs> no, but Zach Wilson's mom was hot. That was about. It. Did you ever? Did you see the pictures of, or the Instagrams? No. Oh, you've never the whole Zach Zach Wilson's mom. No. Oh yeah. Really? She was because she went on. At one point, there was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Zach Wilson, but at one point there was. A picture, I think it was draft day or just after, where it was Wilson next to his mom, and people thought that that was his girlfriend type of deal. Yeah. No you, way. Yeah, you'll have to Google uh, Zach Wilson's mom. <laughs> that's, that's a weird Google. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about Zach Wilson. Although I'm more uh, – if I had to choose, I'm, I'd rather play Mac Jones than Zach Wilson because – Mac, I'm not worried about at all. Okay. Although the Jets, the Jets are just a disaster. So even if Zach Wilson turns out to be good, it's going to be a disaster and go nowhere. I hate Zach Wilson. <laughs> uh, Matt, what other topics did we want? Today was pretty much an all Bills game, all all Bills okay, day. Um, I know we've got. Uh, I'm going to give a little shout out. We've got Doug Newman coming up next week. Which I'm excited about that. I think that's going to be fun. 
getting Newman in here. I still got to see if we can get little Newman in here with him. Oh, I um, hope so. I, I, I got to I gotta send uh, send Doug a, a text and see if we can get little Newman in here. But that's our next week episode. Um, I feel like we had uh, – oh, you wanted to talk a little bit about um, the difference between coming in coming in too cocky or or just being in being confident and do you think do you think that maybe oh you got a smile what are you looking at Nothing. did you see the did you yeah. see the yeah did, it looks just like her did you see what i was talking about though? it looks just like her it though. looks like they could be boyfriend and girlfriend no yes they it look does related no they don't well yeah, they maybe do. Their face i don't know looks the same i don't know but just like the, i was looking at the comments People just go into town on. This oh lady. yeah, oh yeah. I was like, what she's is- she's another one. She's uh, an Instagrammer. Uh, what do you call them? Um, like a like an Instagram model. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I just think it's so- influencer. Influencer. I think it's so funny that this like what is this kid thinking that like his mom is getting ripped apart? Well, not ripped apart, but like. Who knows? Like, uh, just social they're, media. They're, they're being very flattering of her. They're being very flattering if you wanna, in a way. If, if you want to call that flattering. Creepy, creepy flattering. Creepy flattering. Gross flattering. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but I know you wanted to talk about a little bit of uh, the difference between being cocky and being confident. Um, do you think maybe that, that curb stomping against New England uh, has Buffalo a little bit? too confident going into next week it better not it better not but you know you never know uh, like i said earlier i hope that most people are professional athletes who are mentally engaged and won't let that affect them but you know uh, people uh, people are different so some people might get too cocky now as a fan do you think that like over the last 20 years it's been just the Patriots owning Buffalo. As a fan, do you finally just, after that curb stomping, do you finally just feel like those ghosts of 20 years ago are finally gone? That that finally no longer matters. We don't have to worry about them coming in. Or in the back of your mind, like even if when we play them next year, even if we play them, say, in a playoff game next year, in the back of your mind... Is that still going to be in the back of your mind? I mean, I think for a while just still be in the back of my mind, but I don't feel like it's like as present. I think for me, I think that that win just exercised a lot of demons for me personally. I think it's just it's just like, all right, I don't want to I don't care what these guys do anymore before it was always oh man did you like even even going into this year man did you see how much money that they spent man they they just bought uh they just got hunter henry they just got uh who was the other tight end that they picked up um uh johnu smith you know they, they're loaded they've got two tight end they're, they're loaded they went out and got another they spent like 50 60 million in free agency they've never done that oh my now it's just like it, it doesn't matter yeah. I don't care who they bring in. I don't care who they bring in next year. Um, bring back Tom Brady. I don't care. <laughs> bring back Tom Brady. It, it, it's just we're bring back Tom Brady. we're 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 just so much better than you now. Yeah, we um. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we 
We it, it, and maybe like in a couple of years, my mind will finally be at peace. <laughs> but not yet. Now, have you had ever had that as a as a player playing against a team where you finally beat them and you're finally like, all right, we we got over our we got we got over our New England Patriots, we got over our Kansas City Chiefs. No, <laughs> dude, no. I like I said like early on in this podcast, my team sucked. <laughs> so no, not at all. Uh, for me, it was Niagara Pioneer, which was basically Luport's. Right. Um, soccer team. There was a couple times where we we beat them, whether it was a tournament or in a straight game, and it was it was just that we didn't we didn't beat them consistently enough to we could say that it was you know they, the monkey was off our back. But the the few times, whether it was in a tournament or or um, uh, a division game or or just a regular game that we beat them, we we had that it was more or less like. Uh, all right, we got one. Like it was more like like our AFC Championship game, right? Which was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you don't need to take the monkey off your back to feel good about a win. No, no, not not at all. And uh, as a coach, like I said, there's been a few times where you go into certain games as a coach where you just you get your kids fired up. And there's been times I remember one of my first uh, jobs. Um, coaching, I was coaching JV basketball and, um, yeah, I know by my size, by my look, I should not be coaching JV basketball or any type of basketball, but I coached it for a year at Cleve Hill, um, right out of college. And we had a preseason tournament, um, for JV at Luport and it, um, we had a pretty good squad and we were up by, I think like 10 or 15 at halftime. And uh, you know, we go into locker rooms, and I'm, I'm livid. I'm like yelling at the kids. I'm like, you know, we got what was that out there? You know, we had too many turnovers. You had this and that, and the kids are looking at me like, Coach, we're up by. I think we were up by like 15. I'm like, Coach, we're up by 15. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, I hate this school. I was like, I this school put me through like living hell in travel soccer. I didn't tell them that, but I was like in travel. I was like, yeah. I want to bury this team. And I think we went out there. We ended up winning by like twenty. And uh, at the end of the game, I was like just thrilled. And the kids were like, "Coach, this is kind of like a preseason tournament." Right. And I was like, "I I don't care." I was like, "I'm good." I was like, "Let's let's go." You know, you're you still you don't go out there and gloat. You shake hands. You know, you 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 know say good job. You're not going out there at a high school game and flipping people off and giving them the finger or in your mind you, are. you know in your mind. In your mind, I'm taunting everybody on that team, but um, you just you just have that. Thank you, I needed that victory. So that was my uh, in basketball. And again, I I've never played basketball before, so I had nothing against Luport basketball team. It was just so much, and even high school Luport. I mean, we knew we were not going to win against Luport in, in soccer, but it was more of the travel soccer frustrations that I took out with beating them that's, in basketball. That's fair. That's fair. So, hey, whatever works. Sometimes you got to you got to fire yourself up. Exactly. Just kind of like how Jerry Hughes at the end of the press conference, I don't know if you saw it where um he kind of made a remark basically uh towards Jerry Sullivan who you know was kind of ripping him ripping the defense apart and said, "Hey, we just wanted to go out there and play and shut you guys up." 
and you know we're the number one defense and this and that. Yep. Just to kind of fire his own fire fire himself up, like oh, of course, you know, it's you gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta love those competitors. Oh, absolutely. All right, Matt, it's that time. Um, the hot seat questions. Let's let's get into it. We shared some stories today. We talked a lot of bills. I'm sure next week when we when we have Doug in here, we're going to talk football. We're going to talk bills as well, though. But let's fire up some hot seat questions. Oh gosh! All right. Um, number one, and I'm going to take pizza and wings out of the equation for this because I think that's too easy of an answer. Favorite. Uh, we'll go with favorite tailgating. Not not favorite food, like when you're watching a game at home, which is probably more pizza and wings, but favorite tailgating food if you're at the stadium. You, like, you think you can bring it, right? You can bring it. Okay. You don't have to cook it there. You can uh, bring it. I'd probably say like a stinger from like Jim's Steakout. Okay. A little yeah. uh, little steak and cheese and chicken yeah. finger sub oh, together. Yeah. I never knew what a stinger was until probably like, I don't know. 10 years ago where somebody ordered a stinger and I'm like, what the heck, you know, what's a stinger? And they're, they're delicious. They're so bad for you. Oh yeah. They're, you, you can eat maybe one a month, but it's okay. But, but they're fantastic. All right. Stinger's good. I'm going to say, I'm going to say ribs. And, um, I've got the, we've got a track meet Friday. So we, uh, we have the Saturday, Sunday off. So I'm hoping to throw a little on, on Saturday or early Sunday, throw maybe a rack or two of, of ribs into my smoker and have them. I guess it's not tailgating, but have them for a game. I love ribs. And who doesn't? I, I think that's a, that's just the perfect tailgating food. Oh, yeah. A nice, and again, a food that you really shouldn't eat every day either. It's okay. Most things you do at a tailgate you really shouldn't do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't recommend drinking as much as people do during tailgating every day. Jumping through tables. Jumping through tables. Uh, ketchup and mustard. No, yeah, that one's not that bad. <laughs> Unless you do it like on a hot summer day. Yeah. And in the beginning of the day and you have to wear those same clothes all day and you're around other people and you smell like crap for the rest of the day. You talk about like you have that from experience. <laughs> you were there. You I was there. You know what I'm saying. And, and Dan, if you're listening, I feel so badly that I didn't score that table or like cut that pre-cut that table yeah. that he just kind of he bounced off and of went down <laughs> and then like redo it that was just that was just did he redo it, it? cuz i'll be honest i was i was at the sound tent and the whoever came did you guys come in on the on the bus or the I, girls uh well no so the guys the girls came, came in on the bus right no, the, the guys did the guys did wherever whoever you got you parked the bus like right, right in front so guys, i couldn't yeah. see anything the only reason I knew that Dan didn't go through the table is because Dan yelled at me afterwards, and other people were like, "Dude, Dan bounced off the table." Yeah, like, and it was like a forceful throwdown too. And like, he who just, threw him down though? I think it was a combination of like John and Will. Ooh, okay. Both picked him up and just. <laughs> oh, so he didn't even jump. No, they he... like put him. Tried to put him through it. Did he jump at first? I feel like they like got like a cold of him, and he jumped up, and like with the jump, and them picking him up, went down. So kind of like jumped off his, their shoulders type of deal, and then they ended up power bombing him through, basically. And it, he just hit it and bounced. <laughs> <laughs> like you heard like a little crack, but not enough for it to cave in. It was a it was a 
All right. It maybe not have been the thinnest of plywood. We talked about slitting the bottom of it beforehand. We did. I. It was Olympic Day week. I get so busy that day. But yeah, sorry, Dan. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. It happens. All right. Uh, question, question two. Um, let's keep it Bills related. Question two. Um, first of all, oh, let's keep it this way. First of all, question two, I guess a two-parter. Have you gone through a table before at a tailgate, and would you go through a table at a tailgate? Yes, no. I haven't gone through one, but yes, I would go through one. Okay, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I have not gone through one. For me, though, it would have to be, like, if it's just a regular season game, I'm not going through a table. No. But if it's, like, well, like when they host the AFC Championship game, I'm, you know, hey, I'm going through a table. I'm, if it, it, I, I'm not going to be the one to, to raise my hand and volunteer, but like, ooh, 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 me, me, me. Yeah. But if called upon, I'm going through a table. I'll go through a table. It will take very little to convince me otherwise. But I'm not going through one that's on fire. I was going to say, are you doing the burning ones? And I'm not going through one if I have to jump off of something. So somebody would be throwing you into the table? Yeah. Well, it's either that or like just get a good good enough jump from ground level. I'm not jumping off the bed of a truck. No. I was going to say, the only the only time that I would... If I had to go through a table, I'd probably do it not off the top of a truck or whatever or a bus. I'd maybe do off the top of somebody's roof. Like the you know, or not the roof, the uh hood. Yeah, the hood of the car. Thank you. I'd maybe go that far. Like maybe table level, jump a little bit and land. Are you landing like butt back first or like side? I'm going side. Cause you go butt back, that's how you knock the wind out of you. Yeah. I think I'm going straight. I don't know. I, I guess I'm going side. If I go straight back, I'd be worried that I was going to slam my yeah. head on the whiplash. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm going side. I'm going shoulder. I feel like that's the best. I, I watch the videos of people going like butt back, and that just looks more painful. Yeah. Because yeah. you can also bang your head on the table. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But is it better to bang the head on the table than bang your head on the on the concrete? Well, are you, you're not doing it on concrete. Most of it's gravel. Okay, still banging your head in gravel—that's got to hurt too. You can do that more than just—that's true. Doing that, maybe I'll pull out the old school Bills helmet and just go with you know with most the Bills helmet. Most people don't do it with helmets on. <laughs> Listen, most people I feel like aren't my age that are going through tables either. Yeah, that's fair. Although I guess you'd be surprised. Okay. All right, so we're both—I th- I think we're in agreement. Both would go through tables if called upon, but there's got to be. Um, Set boundaries. I have to tables. pick it. It's not just somebody picking me up and putting me through it. Yeah, no. And like you said, I'm not going. I hate heights, so I'm not going like, you know, 20 yeah. feet off a ladder and jumping through a table. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Matt, do you have anything? I'm trying to think of something that's like bills related still. Question number three. All right. Um, best. Bills game, and I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal one that they did on the on the radio today. Uh, rank these games in order. Oh, I heard that. I was gonna say. I think you heard it. Rank these games in order: the Bills Oilers comeback, greatest comeback of of in NFL history. Um, the fifty-one to three win where the Bills go to their first Super Bowl against Oakland, or Saturday's win against the Patriots. Rank them 
three, two, one. Um, well, I would say obviously last Saturday was number one because it was my first ever playoff game and experience that I got to personally witness. Um, and then I would have to say the the greatest comeback game, and then the Oakland Raiders game. Okay, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the first two are more exciting because, like you know, it's not the greatest comeback game. Obviously, like that's amazing, and we weren't anticipating to like really win that because Jim Kelly was out. Like we were playing like crap. That was that was just a genuine surprise, and I don't know. Who knows? I I don't. I wasn't around for the other two, <laughs> so I feel like it's a little bit of a disadvantage. I was around. Um, for me, I'm saying the Bills comeback game is number three. Um, again, like you said, weren't weren't expected to win. You know, we're going in there with Frank Reich, especially after that second half. And I don't think a lot of people realize that game wasn't on the air. The only way you're watching that game is if you're at a bar somewhere or if you're there live. They didn't sell out enough tickets, so that game wasn't televised. I remember as a little kid, I think I was, I would have been like 12 or 13. I'm listening to the game on our radio in the kitchen. Yeah. Um. So that was that's number three for me. Might have rated a little higher if I actually watched it or even was older. But I'm saying that's number three for me. Um, last night's or sorry, Saturday's game, um, I think ranks number two might rank a little higher if I was actually there like you were, but it just, for me, it was, it was, you know, exercising all the demons of the last 20 years. And then the 51 to three, I think for me is just number one. I think that's just what started everything. That's what started the, the four straight Super Bowl runs. Um, I think that was just that was exercise of the demons and getting over the hump of actually getting to the big dance. Um, so I'd say that's number one for me. Okay. Okay. Let's hope in a couple weeks um, we have a new number one where the Bills beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. I'm still I'm still predicting that. Okay, I'd be okay with that. I like Matt Stafford. All right, so that's number three. Number four. <laughs> All right. What if? All right. So, if you were, be honest, if you were a football player, getting ready to like get drafted or getting like picked by the Bills for like a trade, how much do you honestly think you'd be worth? Wait, they're they're trading for me, or yeah. they're trading for the draft pick? Of well, me? they're trading for you. Sorry, you're not. They're not picking you. They're tra- They're they're tra- uh, Okay, they're so if I'm getting, they're they're trading me. Uh, right now I'd be worth a football and maybe, um, one of those nets that, the, that the kickers kick in. Like that's probably all you're getting for me. <laughs> but, Are you going to uh, be a kicker? <laughs> no, I mean, that's what, that's what the team would get for me. Oh. That's what the bills would, that's what the bills would have to give up to get me. One of the, one of the kicking nets and one, uh, and, and a football. Well, all right. Well, think about it like more like. Like in my in my athletic, if you were in your athletic in my, in prime, my athletic prime, um, I'd like to think that I'd be. I, listen, I'm not one of those guys. Who, oh, I'm worth three first round picks. I'd like to think that I'd be worth. I don't know, maybe a fourth to fifth round pick. You know, a, a mid to late round pick. That's fair. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you know what I'm gonna say I'd be worth a solid fifth round pick. 
Okay. Nothing, you know, n- nothing that's going to kill a team, nothing that's going to, you know, I'd say a solid fifth round pick. How about you? I'd probably say the same. Very low key. And they're like, well, how much do you want to get paid? And I was like, I don't know, like 75, like 725,000. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say 75,000. I was like, you better get a little more than I'm that. Like, it was like, how about a million? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. How about this? I'll pay for I'll, you pay me ten million for ten years. I'm fine making one a year. I don't. I can sustain my life on make that. it guaranteed, and I'm good. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't care. I was like, no, you got to pay me like forty five hundred. I'm like, no. <laughs> what am I gonna do with all that? Yeah, I need I need seventy five million per year. Yeah. No. If if I play, realistically, if I played for fifteen years, and I got paid. Between fifteen and twenty million dollars, I could make that last. Absolutely, absolutely. If I played in the, if I played in the league, let's say ten years, got a, like you said, ten years, ten million, million a year, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Let's say you start your career when you're what, like twenty one, twenty two ish, so you're done at thirty two, thirty three ish. I'd be absolutely fine teaching phys ed, knowing that I had. 10 mil in my bank account. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be absolutely fine making my salary right now with 10 mil in the bank account. In fact, I'd be probably one of the happiest teachers there ever was. Do you want me to come in more? Yeah. But, like, listen, you, you guys are paying me this much. Do you want me to kind of give you guys back my salary a little bit? You can pay me every other year. It's like, this is this is my spending money. <laughs> Yeah, this is my money so I can tailgate this week. I was like, I want to go on vacation. This is the money I'm spending, (laughs) not my actual money. All right. Speaking of that, that was question what, three? Four. Four. All right, I'm going to end on this. And you see this all the time. I guess it maybe might be the same question, whatever. But you see, you hear stories, I guess, um, about guys who, like Gronkowski, who made his – uh, stocked every has has banked everything that he's ever made in NFL contracts and only lives off of his uh, off of his endorsements. Or you, I've I've heard stories of some lower level guys who were making you know started off making like three mil a year, but lived their life like they were only making a hundred thousand a year, yeah. so that they were you know especially when you got guys who were only third, fourth, fifth round picks where they had the the mind. The brains to know, hey, this money ain't this. This might be my biggest contract. This money ain't gonna last forever. Um, would you see yourself as that type of a player? Where I'm gonna be smart with my money. I'm gonna live. Yeah, I'm making five million dollars a year right now for the next five years. Um, but I'm only gonna I'm only gonna live like I'm making two hundred thousand a year. Or would you be like? Hey, I've got all this money. I'm in my 20s. I'm going to live it up and worry about my 30s later. Um, I feel like part of me would obviously spend some money freely on stuff, but like overall, I wouldn't be like I would realistically try to put most of my money away. I wouldn't live to the full potential of the money. I, that doesn't even seem appealing. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, getting that first signing bonus of, like, a half a million dollars, I'd probably go in a little nuts. You know, I'd probably, uh, you know, go on a nice little 
spending spree, go on a nice little, you know, hooking my boys up, hooking the family up, you know, yeah. hooking my mom up, everybody. But yeah, after a while, after that initial, you know, maybe month or two of going a little nuts, I, I could definitely see myself falling back to earth. I'm like, all right, you just blew half a million dollars in two months. You're guaranteed five mil every year the next the next uh you know five years yeah let's start living like a normal human being again Just buy a house buy a house get a car That's yep it. <laughs> and you know let's start uh let's start stocking away three mil four mil every year yeah. and only living off a mil and like i wouldn't be against working after i retired anyways. oh no like no Money is money. And, like, especially, I feel like it would change working because, like we were saying, like, if you have so much money in the bank, you're not working for the money. You're just doing it to do it. Yeah. So you're just, like, you wouldn't be stressing. You're just like, I hate my job. You're like, if I hate my job, I could just quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd be happy to, you know what, that's, I, listen, we're going to add a bonus one. If you could, If you could have a job that you didn't. Hey, I'm just doing this not for the money. I'm doing this just for fun. I've got ten million in the bank. I don't care. I don't have to do this. What job are you doing just to do? Oh, what what, what would I do just to do it? I don't know. Um, I was. This is. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna go one of two ways. I'm gonna go either just like, uh. Just like a little, like a travel coach. I guess it wouldn't be a job, but like just be like a like whether it's Amherst Soccer Club or Clarence Soccer Club. Um, you know, just going around being a travel soccer coach, um, slash uh, hosting camps or right. you know, like one of those guys. Like, hey, if I want to run a six week camp, if I want to run a ten week camp, if I want to set something up, something like that, or just doing. Um, I don't know, maybe something like in the like in the personal like the personal training That's type fair. of deal. Like, okay, whatever. If I've got a client today, I got a client today. If I don't, oh well. Oh well. I go out and, you know, just chill for the day. Yeah. So I guess something like that. I'd probably I don't think this this isn't really a profession anymore. But I'd be a wedding singer. <laughs> okay. I like to sing. Now just at weddings or Or like events. Okay, so like an event singer. Yeah, which right. is not a thing anymore. Now, would you actually start your own band, like where you bring, like, or would you just go out there and, like, I, I guess for lack of what, like, sing karaoke style, or uh, could be both, could be either. All right. Yeah. All right. So, emceeing weddings. Yes. Yeah. Or, or opening my own bar. Ooh. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. All right, we did five, six. Who knows how many questions there? We did. Uh, we went a little off topic today. We did a lot more bill stuff than than coaching stuff, but we we shared some stories in there. We hit some topics. Um, like I said, next week, and I'm super excited about this. We have at least one Newman, maybe two. We've got at least uh, Doug Newman coming in next week. The Manimal himself. Hopefully, little Joshie Newman comes in with him. Um, remember to, to look for us on Facebook. Um, and on Instagram at stories from the sidelines. Don't worry, Matt. We're not starting a TikTok yet. Um, and remember, tune in next week for more exciting episodes of stories from the sidelines.